this morning will build on the instructions from all the preceding days. We started with breath, and we went to body, and emotions, thoughts. And today the new instruction is about noticing the state of the mind. So not so much the contents in terms of particular feelings or thoughts, but maybe the mood or the attitude or the state of the mind or the quality of the mind. So stepping back from the details of what we are experiencing and noticing the milieu, the context in which those experiences are arising, with which those experiences are arising. What I'm pointing to is subtle and diffuse. Maybe like when you look at a window sometimes and with the lighting is just right, it's a mirror, you can see the reflection when you're looking out the window. And then you can shift your gaze and then look outside the window and see what's on the other side. So it's just this slight shift. And if, for example, if it was light indoors and dark outdoors, knowing that it is light indoors doesn't require any particular object or distinct experience necessarily. It's just a recognition. Oh yeah, it's light inside and dark outside. Rather than light or dark, the classical teachings to describe this attitude or state of the mind use words like expanded or constricted, scattered or settled. colored with greed, hatred, or delusion, or not colored by greed, hatred, or delusion. We might use language something like calm, or tense, relaxed, agitated, light-hearted, critical.
these states of mind tend to have a more pervasive and enduring quality than just a mood or a thought. For example, a flicker of irritation might be a moment or number of moments of some anger that then pass away. That's different than just being in an angry mood. That's a background for whatever we're experiencing. Please don't get tangled up or too worried about is this an emotion? Is this a state of mind? Is this a thought? Just an encouragement to just periodically, not too often, but periodically check in. What's the greater attitude, mood, tone? of this state of mind. For now, just keep attention on the anchor. For many of us, that'll be the sensations of breathing. Feeling into, becoming sensitive to, attuning to, the experience of breathing. Feeling the movement in the body. Let's stay here for a little bit with the sensations of breathing or whatever your anchor is.
Now opening the field of attention for any compelling physical sensations. Maybe there's some compelling emotion or thought. If nothing's particularly compelling, stay with the sensations of breathing. And if there is a compelling experience, one tool you might use is R-A-F-T. Again, no requirement if it's useful, if it's helpful. Maybe noticing if there are thoughts, the passing nature of them, like clouds in the sky, as Nikki described yesterday. Begin again with the sensations of breathing. an emotion? Can you recognize and allow what's already here to be here? It can be helpful to feel it in the body. a sense of it, we have to fix it or make it go away.
And now, turning your attention to the quality of the mind itself. Perhaps noticing, is the mind relaxed or agitated? Is there a sense of contentment and expansion or discontentment and contraction? Is there a mood of wanting or of being established or being satisfied? No need to make this complicated. If it doesn't make sense, it feels burdensome. No need to do this. You can always come back to the sensations of breathing.
Maybe checking in again. The quality, the mood of the mind. Expanded or contracted. Relaxed or agitated. Content or a sense of lack. Smooth or bumpy. We don't need to figure it out. We don't have to attach a meaning to it. Just noticing. And then coming back to the anchor.
For some people, this mood of the mind, this background attitude is at the heart of what motivates their life. When I was young, my family, we went on a vacation to visit some extended family members. I was pretty young. And there was one family member that everybody called Grumps. And he answered to this name. (laughs) So there's a way in which we can have this general disposition or mood that actually has a big impact on our life. One moment of being grumpy doesn't necessarily have a giant impact or may not even be noticeable. But when it's a general orientation that we have, it definitely influences how our life unfolds. And so often these attitudes, moods of the mind, are connected with our suffering. We're not aware of the influence that this attitude, this flavor, this mood of the mind has. We can feel trapped. When we don't recognize how this colors our experience. And so part of this retreat Nikki and I are pointing to is... Maybe the influence of the mood of the mind, an encouragement to tune into some of the well-being or delight or happiness. This recognition that with that as a attitude, that of course also unfolds, influences how our life unfolds, how our experiences unfold. And of course, when we are aware of these general moods, then we're less likely to be unduly influenced by them. When we wake up on the wrong side of the bed, quote-unquote, and we know that it's just waking up on the wrong side of the bed, and then we just notice how everything irritates us that day, we, if we know, like, oh yeah, okay, I just woke up, woke up on the wrong side of the bed, maybe we don't take our irritation as seriously or as deeply or make some grand understandings about the nature of the universe based on it. But if we don't recognize it, we might be making these grand statements about reality. So if we don't understand that underlying attitude, mood or flavor, and these vague kind of diffuse tones, not only do they 
influence how things unfold, but they can fester and build up stress and tension. And this tension can be great and lead to greater and greater suffering. So this idea of being aware of the mind state, the quality of the mind, is related to the notion of being aware of our reactions to our experience. Many of you might have heard this Buddhist teachings of the second arrow. The first arrow is what life brings us. Physical pain, loss, confusion. We have no control over that. Every life includes this. But sometimes we pick up another arrow and stab ourselves again. More painful to have two arrows than just one. That second arrow is maybe blaming ourselves or getting really angry or collapsing under despair, whatever it might be. All of us have different ones. So this recognition about there's what's happening and then there's our relationship to what's happening. And our relationship to what's happening is influenced by the mood, the quality, the tone of the mind. Freedom, peace, well-being, liberation is about our relationship to what's happening, not what's happening. We don't get to control what's happening, even though we try, we really try. So just periodically tuning in to the mood. We don't have to do anything with it. We don't have to change it. But just being aware of it makes a big difference. this morning is that Tanya will be sitting in with Nikki for practice discussions and Tanya will also be offering practice discussions this afternoon that you can sign up. And I like to say, you know, I like to end these little things like, have a good day. Maybe sometimes that feels oppressive. (laughs) So, have a good day.
have a day. (laughs) 